This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Qualenta Kivett, Executive Vice President and Chief People and Talent Officer at Tampa General Hospital. Qualenta, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so many interesting things happening in the healthcare space and Tampa General definitely being on the forefront of a lot of exciting innovation. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. So as you said, I'm Quilenta Kevin. I'm the Chief People and Talent Officer here at Tampa General Hospital. Um, background, so I would say I am a um, non-traditional HR, human resources, human capital uh, leader that is gets really excited to focus on culture and people as individuals. And so um, background is I have had the opportunity to move around um, quite a bit into different organizations. So I've been in academic medicine um, and health care organizations. I've had the opportunity to um, lead and take part in mergers, acquisitions, and growth from a human resources perspective. And um, personally, I we, we moved here a year and a half ago, myself and my husband. We have two dogs and just enjoy time with our family. Fantastic. That's amazing to hear. And just, you know, really uh, sounds like it would be a, a dream location there in Tampa to really have your career and then be making a difference within the community. It, it absolutely is. And I will share with you candidly, um, I was not looking for a change when Tampa General found me, but when I spoke to people and heard the consistent message of really valuing um, individual voice and really having that play into the overall strategy. And I will tell you, that's been my experience here. It excited me and it still excites me today. So um, it's very true. If you focus on your people and do what's right um, and have the transparency, it, it makes a world of difference. Absolutely. I can imagine that's certainly the case. And, you know, as we mentioned, it's definitely an atmosphere now where there's a lot of moving around for people switching jobs, whether it's in healthcare or otherwise. And so I'm wondering, when you think about your role as the chief people and talent officer, what is your key focus for the second half of 2022? My focus, I will tell you, remains pretty steady, which is how do we continue to evolve each and every day and to listen to our team members? So something that we do here is that we survey our team members, we ask questions, we round um, as leaders in the organization, and that starts actually our board of directors around um, on the units. They put on a uniform and they work side by side with our EBS, our nurses, our CEO does that. And so that really allows us to hear directly from our team members what they need. And then I think the most important thing, which I think so many organizations ask, but we have to go back around and say, you at, we asked you, you said, and this is what we're doing, or this is what we're not doing and have that transparency. So I would tell you, our focus is to continue to be agile, to move quickly, to listen and to respond, um, to make sure that we're staying in tune with the needs of not only our team members, but our patients, our communities, and our team members are a reflection of that. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point to, to really show how, you know, those who are your teammates at Tampa General are also people within the community and can really sometimes be the best advocates for the organization. So when you think about how you're listening and really taking some of the what you're hearing to heart and making um, changes or really doubling down on something that works, what has been really successful for you? How have you kind of transitioned what you've heard into action items? 
So I think there have been three key areas. Um, number one is you have to have competitive compensation and benefits. While that may not be the only reason that someone is coming or, or staying, it's certainly something that impacts our decisions. And so what we did is we completely um, restructured our compensation program and um, restructured it, realigned it, and kind of took a uh, challenge the status quo. So why did we set it this way? What was the purpose of this? And what we needed, you know, 10, 15 years ago is not what we need today. Uh, so that was one piece is to really completely reconstruct the compensation structure. And we allowed team members, we gave them an email address if they had an idea to submit um, ideas as well. So when we reconstructed it, we used absolute best practice. And then we made sure that we were reconstructing it in a way that was meaningful for our team members so we could rebuild our clinical ladders, make sure that we really are creating a sustainable and fair and equitable structure. The second thing we did was look at our benefits, which everyone is doing. We um, partnered with our um, our broker, our medical health and welfare broker, which is Gallagher, and sent out a benefit survey. And we allowed people to self-identify and let us know what did they appreciate the most? What would they like to see? And we followed that up with focus groups. And that was something that our executive team was very excited about and really wanted to have those focus groups so that our team members that did want to provide some feedback had an opportunity to share. So I'm very excited in um, our next calendar year. So during open enrollment, we'll be introducing some new benefits and new approaches that are a result of the benefits that uh, the team member said, I really like this, but would like to see more of this. Um, and so that really looks different from for everyone. And we can't get it all. But what we plan to do in our communications is be very transparent on how we got to the benefits benefits that we did and what our plans are for the future. So again, that transparency piece. And then the third is really listening and making sure that we can react from what our team members need. Recently, um, as everyone knows, the gas prices went up. And what we did was our foundation actually was able to give gas cards to our team members and distribute those to our team members to support during that difficult time. We've introduced uh, remote work. Uh, our, a lot of our team members want to develop and move within the organization. So we have a People Development Institute that is completely free. It's a partnership with University of South Florida and TGH. And we offer courses that are academic in nature to our team members. And our thought is, if we want people to grow within the organization, why don't we give them the tools to do so? So those are just some of the key things that we've done, but we have a whole host of um, benefits and resources with that we've offered our team members. That sounds amazing and definitely a comprehensive benefit that really I can imagine is very helpful for the team members. Now, you know, it's great to hear you've been able to make those changes and I can imagine just continuing to grow and evolve a lot uh, in the future as well. But what are some of the roadblocks that you anticipate over the next two to three years and how are you preparing for them? So I think we can't have this conversation without talking about staffing shortages. Everywhere you turn, you hear that um, term. And I would tell you in healthcare, we've been 
we've been really thinking through these. And of course, COVID um, exacerbated this. But we, we've had shortages in nursing for, for years, and we've known that. And so, um, But it's not just nursing. If you think about the trades and the investment in trades over the last decade, it hasn't been the same as it was years before that. So we find shortages in engineers. And, you know, we when you think of a healthcare organization and a health system, we are really a small city. Um, and so we have every skill set that you can think of. I can remember in a past life, we had a locksmith position that was open for several months um, because we couldn't find someone with that skill set. What we have uh, really taken the the approach on is it's really a three-pronged approach is, number one, look within. How do we support our team members that want to grow and develop within the organization? So that's the PDI, the People Development Institute that I mentioned. We are looking to use that. We uh, reward badges, and so as we introduce more classes, if someone wants to go into finance and this may not be the right time for them to go back to school, does it make sense to substitute badges for education or years of experience where it's appropriate? So looking within and providing those career maps to help people. So we're in the process of building some of that. The second um, piece is looking within the community. How are we creating an opportunity for people to come in where this may be an intimidating environment? I don't know where to start. You only know what's reflected in your community. And so how do we create that? We've been able to partner through volunteer services as well as our talent acquisition strategy with organizations and bring um, people in at a younger age and also from diverse backgrounds. Looking at our application process, um, I was excited to share with someone. We had uh, we went from about 20 applicants one month to over 200 the next month in our volunteer services, and it was because we set up these practices. 10 years ago that really when we asked what did they help us with, it didn't. It just cut off access and really didn't expand it. And so it was a great opportunity for us to challenge the status quo. And then the third option is really looking outside of our community. What can we do to attract people to come to Tampa, which is the easy part, <laughs> and then to come um, into healthcare if maybe it's a field that they're not familiar with. And so we're looking at international um, programs as well as national recruitment programs to make sure that we are making sure to educate and uh, remove those barriers to access to careers that previously existed. Absolutely. I, I think that's a really great point just to try to figure out how to really streamline that process and get people who want to be doing more and elevating themselves into some of those positions that are very high need um, within the health system. So that's amazing. And just quickly before we wrap up here, you know, when you're looking at setting up some of those programs to to have those the institute where you're um, bringing people in and, and giving them the opportunity to get some experience and, and learn new roles, what does it take to set that up? Uh, what kind of resources really are put that into something like that? So I think it's as complex as you want to make it. And I say that purposefully because I think sometimes when we think about these programs, we have to we want to have everything perfect when we start. And if we take a, a page out of uh, the tech world of you have to have it good enough to support the goal, and then you iterate based on the feedback that you're getting. And so that's really what we have done. We are encouraged by John Corus, our president and CEO, to 
implement, make sure that we're doing it thoughtfully and that it's it's done well, um, but that it doesn't have to be perfect. We'll perfect it over time and we have the opportunity to do that. So at the most basic um, level, I think it's making uh, recruiters accessible. We redesigned our website so, so that someone can not only contact them on LinkedIn, but they can also call and contact them so from our website. So we really, the accessibility to say, I'm interested in this, so the recruiter may go out to that school and have a conversation. It may be just a conversation with the individual that's interested on how to get there. And then, like I said, volunteer services is where we find that we bring a lot of people in to allow them to go round shadow, see if this is something they really like and are interested in, and then they do a handoff to our recruitment team. For those that are internal, they have the ability to talk to their leaders. We have career mapping opportunities where they can work to get to that next goal. And then again, it's the accessibility to our recruitment team to help guide them on how to get there. And then of course, our, our business partners as well. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And it, you know, it is really a great point in thinking about how you roll out something like this. Now, I, I want to know, what are you most excited about right now? What are you most looking forward to in the future? So I will tell you, and this is probably something that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. I'm excited about the unknown. Um, I think because we do look to our team members to innovate, to give us ideas, there are things that they're introducing regularly that we're going, oh, that's a great idea. And then we're partnering with them to shape that into a strategy. I will share a quick example. I was sitting with a new team member and she shared, this is what I hope to do after I finish uh, my undergraduate degree. And I said, well, what if you could start that now? And she said, well, what does that mean? And we were able from that to actually set up a program with a group um, in, the, or, or in the community to expose uh, individuals that normally wouldn't have access to healthcare careers to healthcare careers. And she's an integral part of that, but she has a full-time role and she's loving it. And so I would tell you, um, we have a school supply drive. Someone came up with the idea that during COVID, um, it would be great if we had school supply or emergency fund, excuse me, the during COVID, it was emergency fund. Um, we would like to expand that because a lot of households were going from two income earners to one. And so that was started during COVID. And then prior to that, someone come up with the idea around school supplies and a school supply drive. And so our foundation does support um, school supplies and awarding those to team members. So that's what I'm excited about is really how do we expand, how do we evolve, and how do we quickly respond to the needs of our team members. And as long as we value and respect our individual voices and create that sense of belonging, those ideas are going to continue to come in and we're going to be able to embrace them. That's amazing. Corinta, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I look forward to it.